Hello and welcome to Manga Marks at Movies, the show where we don't talk smack about movies, we celebrate them. Yep, I think that's a new catchphrase now, it's certainly more accurate. And today, we are diving into two movies we saw in the summer of 2017 that have to do with cars and crime. Two really stylish, sexy, awesome, action-packed films that got our adrenaline pumping and our hearts dropping. Which films are those? Well, they're both by pretty acclaimed directors and they were received by much fanfare. First up, we've got Edgar Wright's Baby Driver, the musical gangbanger masterpiece that was super slick and cool. And then we have Steven Stolenberg's Logan Lucky, which is a more middle-class Southern-style take on his Ocean series, kind of a spiritual successor to them. Before, of course, we have Ocean's 8 coming out this summer, which is a direct successor to them. But hey, uh, what you gonna do? Logan Lucky was still pretty cool. Both of these films were pretty cool, and I can't wait to talk about them. So get in your car, go fast, drive fast, feel the wind beneath your sails, uh, hold on to the wheel, and step on the pedal to the metal as you listen to this podcast and just enjoy the ride. more than we talk smack about movies, why do we keep going with this catchphrase that is highly inaccurate? You tell me, BBC, why do we still use this godforsaken catchphrase? Well, let's see here. I mean, you just came up with the catchphrase and then we just rolled with it. Yes, we just keep rolling with it because that's all we can do. All we can do is get on the road and just roll, baby, roll. Roll those wheels and get a driver's high onto the highway, speeding off into sunset. Oh, and listen to some nice music on the way. Put the headphones in, tap along to the beat as you just rub the yeah. engine and go, Even though go, that's go, technically go, illegal. Go! And that's what this movie, Baby Driver, is about. It's about a guy called Baby Who Drives. The title is very accurate. Actually, it's kind of misleading because I thought it was going to be about an actual baby, (laughs) a little toddler who drives. Wouldn't have that been really fun? I remember, like, when we first saw, like, before we first saw the trailer, it's like, they say that they said the title Baby Driver, like, Oh god, this is this is gonna be terrible. It's gonna be some weird cheesy film about some baby driving. Then no, we see the trailer. No, that would have been awesome. Think about it. A baby 
is a driver. No, okay. Okay, okay, okay. It's just Sid, a baby. Sid, Sid, I'm just, uh, when I hear the name Baby Driver, I just imagine some, like, weird-ass Adam Sandler movie with no. Adam Sandler as a baby and driving. No. No, that would be terrible. Exactly. But you could do this. You could do a baby driving. Yes, funny. yes, but when I heard the name Baby Driver, that's kind of like... What I thought, I was like, oh, God, this sounds bad. Well, eventually uh, someone's going to make a parody of this where it is an actual baby who's driving yeah. the getaway car for a and, crime and that'll, and that'll be funny, Sid. That'll be funny. I might do that myself. Oh. I, this movie has inspired me to write my own fan fiction. Not fan fiction, because it's probably not going to be like it's set in this world. But it's going to, I'm going, I have been inspired to write a premise about a baby who is a driver. The, I'm going to be accurate to the title, unlike this film, which is misleading because it's just a guy called Baby and not an actual baby! But yeah, I mean, if you hear the name Baby Driver, I, I don't think many people would be like, huh, this sounds like a cool film. It, it sounds kind of like a dumb name, to be honest, but once you see the tra- once, like, you see the trailer, like, holy shit, this looks fucking awesome. As it would be, as anyone who was intelligent and knew the name Edgar Wright would expect. Obviously, yeah. this movie was going to be amazing, well, but you don't know no, Edgar Wright. No, You've never Sid, seen any Sid, of his movies. Sid, Sid, okay. Once I saw the name Edgar Wright, I'm like, oh, okay, this makes sense. What has Edgar Wright done? Hot Maybe. Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead. Oh, I know he's done another film. Shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's very interesting that you can only name the movies. And I told you he directed and wrote as we left the theater. Okay, you okay. Phony. Sit. Sit. Yes, that is true. But in my defense, those I've heard very good things about those movies. So when I realized, oh, hey, yeah, this is the guy affiliated with that, I'm like, okay, yeah, this sounds like it'll be a cool film. You know, you have seen two movies that he's written. Can you guess which ones those are? Um... I'll give you a hint. One, it was... They're both comic book adaptations. One was a Marvel movie. The other one was based on a French comic that we both really liked as kids. A French comic? Well, it's not actually French. Uh, it's Belgian, I guess. Tintin? See, that was too easy. Because what other Belgian comic have you read? Exactly! Uh-huh. Exactly! You're a phony! You're a phony! Okay, okay, but if Tintin is an Edgar Wright film, okay, yeah. That, that yeah, the 2011 CGI Tintin with the yeah, that, that, that was good. It was good. He did a good job. Yeah, so see, I have seen something that... Uh, yeah, but you didn't know. Okay, what was the it. other one? Ant-Man. That was an Edgar Wright film? He wrote it, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, he was going to direct it, but there was like some... Yeah, yeah, I remember that. One can only imagine, like, his version, if he had, like, full creative control, how more good it could have been. It'd probably been way more over the top and, like, I think. Which which would have been cool, because that, that fits Ant-Man, being just all about the fun. Sure, but this yeah. is Edgar Wright's first movie that he's directed since World's End, which I Oh, yeah, I saw World's End. Did you? Yeah, I saw it with Dad. Oh, so you've seen... 
One of the Cornetto trilogy, at least. You haven't seen Hot Fuzz or Sean. I have not seen those. But yeah, I was like, wait, Hot Fuzz, isn't that part of a trilogy? And like, yeah, yeah, I've seen that World's End. That's the one with, like, the zombie people, right? Or what What the fuck were they? Like, they, they, go on, they go on this, like, weird bar route so that they can get to the final bar that's at at World's End. Yeah. And then they, there's this, like, weird, like, infection thing that's, like, infecting everyone or whatever. Yeah, they're basically aliens. Yeah. They're well, like, not aliens. They're, like, androids. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they were yeah. fucking androids. And then, like, yeah, by the end of the film, like, it becomes, like, super post-apocalyptic. Yeah, it's pretty. Like, pretty. you go into a thing, oh, this is just gonna be up at, like, drinking fucking bars. It's like, nope. <laughs> nope, not at all. Yeah, the, tra- the trailer for that movie was very misleading. Yeah, I remember awesome the trailer. I'm just like, Oh, God. This is, like, uh, different from what I expected. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much the case with Baby Driver. Yeah. The trailer for Baby Driver didn't tell you what What you see with Baby Driver is what you get. But what you get is awesome. I gotta tell you, Wee Lord, this movie has amazing cinematography, but even more than that, the muse of music. My God, this is one of the most ingenious use of music I have ever seen in a film in recent memory. Like, like, there's a ton of scenes in this film where there's no dialogue, and it's just the music playing. The first half hour of the movie, where it's just you know, immersing you in, like, baby, like, playing music and everything is synchronized to that music as the heist is going on. Baby's doing, like, he's singing along to the music. He's tapping his fingers. He's rubbing the engine. He's turning on the headlights and the windshield wipers and it's all synchronized. The sound design in this movie is perfectly synced up with the music. It is ingenious. It is, like, and mind-boggling sequence, like just the sequence where he's walking out to get coffee and like he's singing along to this song and there's just great visual gags and the pacing. This is like one continuous shot too. My gosh, how many takes did it take to get that all down just so perfectly? The timing just so darn right. This is masterful in how it is edited and shot and synchronized with music and the sound design. I I keep going around in circles with this, but it is, like, amazing. I I was blown away with the music in this movie. Yeah, it was fantastic. Like, just seeing, like, like, every time Big was on screen, you can tell just these, like, subtle gestures, or not so subtle sometimes, of him reacting to the music that he's, like, listening to. Like, regardless of the scene, like, you always see that, which is, like, really cool. Edgar Wright is a master of sneaking in details into every shot of his movie that are just so brilliant that sometimes, oftentimes, you're gonna need to rewatch one of his movies over again to catch all the tricks and, and little gags and little, little nuggets of information that he sees into his movies that make them so good. Like, there are elements in movies that you don't quite catch the first time, and then you rewatch them, and you're like, wow, I've never realized this before, but oh my god, that's clever. Lots of callbacks. Like, one of the great things about his uh, writing is that he'll make a lot of callbacks. It's very tight, his scripts, because mm-hmm. there, everything has a purpose. There's this one line where the guy who's picking on uh, Baby at the beginning of the movie, the guy who's like, eh, Screw you, baby. You're, you're arrogant. You're not listening to me. Hey, I'm a, I'm a jerk. That guy says, 
Hey guys, if you don't see me again, it probably means I'm dead. Guess what? Guess what? We never see that guy again. We never see that guy again. You know why? Because he's dead. And I'm sure there's some detail in the movie that, <coughs> like, it, oh, that was on the news or something that, like, it had a report that he was dead. It was like, wow, 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 wow. Ingenious seating. Ingenious subtle plot. Like, the use of the news stories and background information to convey, like, yeah. things that are happening about the robberies and, like, the heists and all that. Great way to convey information without having so much exposition. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant. 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 For sure. Just don't have anything to add, do you? <laughs> no, you summed it up so well. Like, well, what stood out to you about this movie? What stood out to me? Yeah. Well, okay, for one thing, yeah, the music, like you said, it's always playing, it's always there, and you can always see Baby reacting to that. Cinematography, like you said, this film just looks stunning all around. It kind of has this, I guess, retro feel to it. That's already... It's kind of hard for me to explain. But, like, it's clearly set in present time, but, like, it sets up the tone of, like, like they're all using, like, these old type of things, like, for a fucking baby has, like, a CRT TV, I think. Mm -hmm. And then, like, he has all these cassette tapes. He has, like, a vinyl player. And, like, it feels old school, but it's still modern. Yeah, like, he's mixing mixtapes like an OG. He takes a yeah. clip of his boss saying hello to this guy, and he makes a cool jam out of it, and that's a great sequence. I had fun with that. It comes back in a big way, a dramatic way that you did not expect, and that's like, oh my gosh, that's frightening. Oh no, oh no! But, yeah, like, wow. There's just some great sequences that use music in this movie. There's some great yeah. little nuggets of foreshadowing to so many big things. Oh, wow, it's really good. Yeah, that was so good. I haven't really that much experience with Ansel Elcourt, but he was very good as Baby. Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen a film that he's in. Nah, he... We, I don't think we have watched anything else. Yeah. Or at least something that he had a major role in. But he pulled it off. I mean, with the character of Baby, he's not going to have, like... He's kind of a little sto monotone in terms of, like, yeah. celebrity. But that's because he's toned up, so it works. Mm. And it's like, he, you still feel the emotion in him, especially the scenes when he's talking with Joseph, his, like his guardian. Like, you, you definitely feel the familiar connection there. You definitely feel when Baby is dropping him off at the elderly home, and he's like, I failed you, man. Yeah, uh, and like the motion in the uh, in their eyes, like just says it all. Oh, the connection between yeah. these characters. So there's some great acting here uh, between all the characters, like uh, Baby and Deborah. That's some great scenes too. Yeah. I mean, I admit they're probably my least favorite scenes, just because like the actiony stuff, like the stuff where Baby. It's so much too. better. No, it's just so much more exciting. Like, there, yeah. there's a lot more tension there, especially, like, during the second half of the film, when Baby's called in from one last job, and we have, like, Bats, the freaking murderer, who's, like, a wild card, who just goes off on people. Oh, but, uh, that Bats' final scene is just so good. It's pretty satisfying that, you know, <laughs> he just, Baby just rams the car in and impales Bats. It's, it's just like, great. fuck yeah, fuck this guy. He's just randomly killing people for fun. 
But it's also yeah. great because it's like a subversion of your expectations. You're not expecting that to happen. Because, like, Baby has been given a gun, right? So you're expecting something to happen with a gun. You're not expecting yeah. Baby to just ram the car in and hail bats. But you're also expecting a confrontation between Bats and Buddy because there's some tension yeah, like, between them. And Buddy and uh, his, his darling are conspiring to kill Bats after the job. So yeah. you're expecting something's going to gonna go down with that. But oh. there's no one Baby can trust, really. Or at least, it see, I mean, it definitely seems that way, that Baby is in a terrible situation. Yeah. Because, like, Bats would probably kill him if he got the chance, because he's trigger-happy. Buddy ends up turning on him because they of the mixtape stuff. Like, they think that he's been, they've been recording <laughs> their conversations, so, like, he can turn into police. They don't believe him. But... Yeah, that yeah. that scene was scary. Like I was scared for the old man. I was like, "Oh my god, did Shit. bats kill the old man?" Oh yeah, because no. like so bat, so... bats would totally fucking kill the old yeah, man. So I, I think... was so yeah. relieved that did not be the case. And it's no. like, yeah, I feel like I I was surprised that ultimately Doc, the kingpin of the gang, ended up helping Baby in the end because he seemed to be set up to me as like the antagonist for a large part of it because he was the guy like who's jostling baby around. He was forcing him to do these gigs, like, dump the dead bodies of, you know, guys who rub him wrong. But at the end of the day, he sees that he's he's a young man in love, and he's like, you know what? I've got a soft heart for you, kid. Fine. I'll help you out. Whatever. Yeah. But, like, it, like even, I think that... Even I... when they suspect baby of, like, doing the mistaste, and Doc is like, you know what, you're out, you're, you're not pulling this job tomorrow, I'll get a new driver. Like, I don't think Doc was saying, well, we're gonna kill off baby. Like, I think he was saying, was... okay, like, you've, you've been through enough shit here, like, ba- Bats, uh, the Bats is, like, not trusting you, this probably is not gonna work from, like, a team perspective, so just take some time yeah. to cool off. I mean, he says to take him home, and Bats yeah. was like, oh, I can take him to a place where he won't speak up again, or something like that. Like, Bats is thinking that, you know, he's gonna kill off Baby, but, like, I think Doc was just, you know, literally just take yes, him home. Take him <laughs> like, he doesn't like, the thing, like, the thing baby. is that, like, pretty much Doc seems to Put all his trust in Baby. Yeah, like, even earlier when like fucking Bats fucks up the deal with the guns, the one he asks if they're gonna continue the job is Baby, not anyone yeah. else. He doesn't care about anyone else's opinion. He just cares about Baby's opinion. Yeah, I think you can even see a little bit of exasperation, but also relief when they play back the mixtape, and it is a mixtape. Yeah, and it's like okay, he's just playing around. He's just a kid. Yeah, I mean like. One thing in this film, like, early on, it seems like, oh, but, but Buddy seems like he's got a baby's back, because, like, he's being all, like, friendly with, like, a baby and stuff. But then, like, by the end of this film, like, fucking Buddy has just lost it. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, gee, there's just this, like, slow shift towards, like, him just wanting a fucking murder baby. Mm-hmm. Like, cause early on, it's just like, he's chill with him. He seems like, yeah, this is, he's a cool guy. Then after the mixtape thing happens, you can just slowly see Buddy just like fucking becoming jaded about Baby. But it's also set up too that Buddy will go off and be a crazy oh, yeah. man if he gets angry. And that seems yeah. like, you know, there was a, so much tension, like, as to like what would happen to Deborah because in that diner scene, because, you know, we just saw Bats murder a bunch of guys. 
And like he he's he a murdered he killed murdered people for fucking gum. Yeah, and so he could easily just murder Deborah just not to pay the bill. It's, it's insane. just like Jesus, you have all this fucking money. Stop shooting people. It's fucking. And then the same the next shit. scene in the diner when Buddy when you know Buddy is threatening them and he's like, yeah, that, that was. Well, in that scene, funny. you can just look at Buddy and say like, yeah, this guy's fucking lost. Oh, it. that was that was a scary scene for everyone. It's like, but you know, I was not sure how that was going. I thought that Deborah was gonna like throw the coffee pot on him. That's when like they shoot him, but. Yeah. No, uh, it didn't play out that way, but still, like, ooh, that was a tense getaway as well. Yeah, for sure. And he did not go down easily, that buddy, that Don Draper, that, 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 uh, psychopath. Like, they had to really pull out all the stops. <laughs> yeah, to like, get, shit. Get this guy. Like, that guy's persisted. Like, he fucking survived a car crash, he fucking survived getting shot. Mm. Like, they literally had to, like, fucking tear apart his body. Before he was, like, actually able to die. Well, they had to throw him onto a yeah. burning car, which then exploded <laughs> to kill him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, they had to put in the extra measures to make sure he's dead. Yeah, so, that was he was a good villain, because he was unpredictable, and he yeah. didn't seem like the obvious villain at first. He, he, yeah, he was, like, probably the person you least expect. But, like, I was expecting either to be... Like, Doc or Bats is the final villain, but no. Yeah, because he's the person who seemed the least crazy. Because, like, Darling was the one who suggested him to kill Bats. Bats we see murdering people for no reason, just up to get away with not paying for things. <laughs> he has money. Yeah, and uh, other guys are just not that consequential, like the Chinese guy and the No-No's guy. That No-No's guy, I just realized, is probably the only member of this gang of these operations who survived, because we don't... Yeah. It doesn't seem like they killed him off for any yeah. reason, so... I mean, it's assumed that, like, Doc has, like, a ton of different squads. Yeah, because, but like, of the people we saw, it yeah. seems like he was the only one that survived. Mm. So that's pretty interesting. He did. He was like the one character who did not come back towards it, unless it was another subtle detail that Wright snuck in somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. I'd assume that he just got off because, like, Doc was mentioning that he never uses the same team every time. Well, but he still uses people again. Yeah, he uses people again, but like he was not in on that final operation. There's only a limited number of permutations. If there's like a set. If there's, like, a small group of people that's doing it, there's only so many permutations that you can do with that. Sure, especially if you're killing off people. Yeah, that too. Yeah, um, some good, good stuff in this movie. Uh, good acting, good, good cinematography, good pacing and music. I was never, I was always engaged with this movie. I was always engaged with the character. I mean, whenever you have a story where two a character's parents die right in front of your eye. It's always sad. You're always going to be sympathetic to them. It's like unless it's, like it's Iron dry, Fist. It's like cheating writing, you know. Yeah, but Sid, unless it's Iron Fist. Uh, okay, you're right. In Iron Fist, that was fun. In Iron Fist, <laughs> I could not take that seriously. Oh god! But when it's done well, it, you're it's but, a, but, immediately. But Sid, Danny Rand's mom flying out of the plane was so sad. Um, no. she totally it didn't look like she was being pulled by a fucking string. <laughs> Gosh, that scene. 
Oh, we're just gonna keep making Iron Fist books. Because Iron Fist is fucking terrible. It is. Netflix, it is. why are you making a second season? We don't need more Danny Rand. <laughs> just splice in all the, like, Iron Fist stuff you need into Defenders. Because at least if it's in Defenders, I have characters that aren't shit. Probably should make that Luke Cage Iron Fist combo show. That's oh what everyone God! Wants. Uh, well, I don't want that interpretation of Danny Rand with Iron Fist, though. How about you kill off the current Danny Rand and then you just make Iron Fist a different guy? That'd be fine, but you have to kill off all the characters and Iron Fist. And... Well, how many characters are left alive that are? Oh, uh, let's see. Important ones. One, two, three, four, I think like five. The only one you shouldn't kill off is Claire, because Claire appears on pretty much all of the Netflix Marvel stuff, and she's actually a good character. Everyone else you can fucking kill off, though. I don't care about any of them. Yeah. Well, a lot of characters got killed off in Baby Driver. Oh, yeah. I sort of... I didn't really care. Actually, all the characters that died were kind of terrible people, so... I mean, Doc, Doc... Kind of, I don't know. Except for the innocent bystanders, they are. They yeah. They uh, didn't deserve to die. I don't know. I don't know if Doc really deserved to die. Cause, yeah, know. I mean, Doc was the least. I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't a good person. He was, he was but... nice to Baby in some respect. Because he did, like, do, a, do yeah. a noble sacrifice for him at the end. At the same time, he's the reason Baby couldn't leave the group. Because he's threatening to kill everyone he loves. That's true. So he's not a good person. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? It's probably good that he died. Because now Baby can start his life anew. You know what's good about the end of this movie is that. Baby does have to atone for the fact he did crimes. But because yeah. he also did good deeds, because he was a good person and did good things, he could get a reduced sentence. He could get, like, parole after just five years. And yeah. he had a loving, devoted home and, fam and a woman waiting for him when he was ready to get on the outside. You know? So, good deeds beget good things happen to you. Even if you have to go through a lot of shit to get that happy ending. One thing, one thing I was wondering is that, you know, at the end of the movie, Buddy shoots, like, like, sh fires his gun next to, like, uh, Baby's ears. Yeah. Did he actually go deaf, or? Not completely, because you can see... Yeah, because he, he, he can, can still hear. faintly hear, and his speech yeah. sounds fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, I guess it was just temporary deafness. I'm surprised Buddy didn't just shoot his ears off. Yeah. That, but like, I, I was at first. I, at first, when he shot him, like, "Oh, did he shoot his fucking ears off?" But no, his, his ears themselves are fine. Mm -hmm. It was like, "Huh, buddy, uh, you, you seem like you do something more violent there." Yeah, well, I mean, he was gonna kill him later anyway. So. Yeah. Well, he wanted to kill the girlfriend first. Oh, okay. I guess like I guess he wanted him deaf, but still like focused enough to be able to fucking. Watch Buddy kill Deborah? Yeah. I don't fucking know. Buddy just went fucking insane. Yeah. Good. He was a intimidating villain that I was satisfied to see burn alive. Yeah. And so that's why that all the bad people got what was coming. To them. Always fun seeing villains burn alive. Good people got what was coming to them. And I mean, yeah, like most of the good characters, like Joseph makes it out alive, and that's really satisfying. I was, I was really scared for that old man. Yeah. I was really scared that they'd kill him off, but you know, he came out okay. And I was he's really okay. That. That, that was nice. 
It is a satisfying movie. I mean, it's a well-made movie. It's a great spectacle movie. It's also got a lot of heart to it, and it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Edgar Wright it continues to be amazing and great, and I'm going to look forward to the next movie he makes. That will probably come out in two to four years. I don't know how the gap will be this time. That's not too bad. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what the next project he'll be doing is, but I'm just assuming he'll go right on to his next thing. Be cool. Oh man, um, I think he had this movie conceived for a long time, so it's good he, that he was finally able to get it made. I think he had it conceived back in 94 or something. Dang! No wonder, like, parts of the film feel so old. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's I mean, a it's a throwback meant... to some old school, like, yeah. 70s styles, gang bangers. And we're in the age of retro revivals, so it makes yeah. sense. It's a very stylish movie. That's yeah. another reason why I think it stands out so much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, do we have anything else to say? I'm glad this movie is doing really well. Apparently, it's Wright's highest-grossing film as the director. Huh, so, that's good. So it has a lot of commercial success, even more than the Cornell trilogy, which is pretty cool. Dang, that's nice. Yeah, so this was probably one of the best movies I saw this year. I would say yeah. just, I was blown away by the use of music. And overall, I would highly recommend this film. This was one of the best films I've seen all year, and... Now that's Baby Driver, and so we're going to be driving off to the next thing now, whatever that will be. Woo! To Manga Merit's Ad Movies, the show where we get increasingly lucky talking about movies, even though we talk smack about them a lot because we see so many good movies and so many movies that happen to relate to one another and tie in in interesting ways. Like the for the second half of the show, we're going to be talking about a movie that's also about racing and thieving, just like the previous segment on this podcast about Baby Driver. Do you know what other movie released this summer also has to do with car? going fast and stealing lots of money from the man v-lord cars 3 probably but what's the other movie that isn't garbage um um, um naruto what There wasn't a Naruto film this summer. Are you trapped back in... Jeez, when was the last time a Naruto film was even released in the summer? Orto was like a fall movie, right? Orto was fall. Yeah. The last was winter. Naruto has nothing to do Is with Is there any the other recent movie this year? I honestly don't know. Besides Why did you even bring up Naruto? That has nothing I don't to do know. with Naruto. I don't know. Why did I bring up Naruto? 
Why are you thinking about Naruto? I don't know. Naruto goes fast with his ninja run. No, Sonic does. Sonic is the one who goes fast. Are you confusing Naruto Sonic goes, for Naruto? Naruto also goes fast. Naruto's catchphrase isn't gotta go fast, gotta go faster, gotta go faster, gotta go faster, faster, Sonic X. That's not his theme song. I mean... Naruto's theme song is Naruto! Naruto! Believe it! Believe! What Naruto, country uses the that? chosen one! Sakura the beautiful! Sasuke! He's so cool! We're like sauce gays. Yay. Naruto has nothing to do with the movie you just saw. Not even a little bit. I don't know how you got a soft candid. You need to fix this. You need to steer us back in the right track. Just like a driver of, in a NASCAR-esque racing event would steer himself back on track. Even this is like really not a racing movie, though. But it's... it has... NASCAR races. It, it has NASCAR races in it, but it's like, it's the, like the main focus of the movie is not on racing. Yes, then what is the main focus of the movie, Lord? Lord? What is the name of this movie, Lord? Lord? Why were we so lucky to see this movie, Lord? Lord? You said it's called Logan Lucky. Okay. And Go on. You have it's, it's, my interest. It's a, it's a heist film where they're trying to steal money from a vault inside a big NASCAR arena. Yes. And did you know something, Lord? I'm asking you, because you probably didn't know this. This movie was directed by Steven Soderbergh. What was Steven Soderbergh famous for? What movie series was he famous for, Lord? No, Lord! He was famous for Ocean's Eleven, Lord! It's not a movie franchise, though. Yes, it is! Is it? It was a trilogy! There was Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve, Ocean's Thirteen. This movie is like the unofficial sequel to the Ocean films because oh, it's also a heist film. Oh, okay. That's why they make a clever in-joke by calling it Ocean Seven Eleven near the end of the movie. Oh. Yes. Watch movies, V-Lord. Why? So you know stuff about movies, V-Lord. So you don't look like a complete dummy on these podcasts, V-Lord. I feel abused. Well, you should be. But we have a good relationship overall, don't we? Just like the brothers in this film. I guess. Yeah. Who are you more like, Channing Tatum or Adam Driver? Do you even know who these people are? Tatum was the main character. Yes, he was. Yeah. The other guy was like, what's his face from Star Wars? Yes, Kylo Ren. Good for you. You recognize that. And what's interesting about this movie, what's really cool, is that all these actors do a really damn good job of replicating Southern accents, don't they? Yeah. You couldn't tell that was Kylo Ren if you just went by his voice. Yeah, you really couldn't. I mean, I know, like, his actor does a lot of, like, comedies and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. The perform Like, he has range. That performance is nothing like a Kylo Ren. You he would he not can go from edgy, I want to be like granddaddy teenager, <laughs> to, yeah, this, which is a southern guy with one arm. Who fought in the Iraq War and is a little bit slow, but has a good heart and talks really slow-like. Good character. Like, these yeah. were very interesting characters. What 
the emotional heart of this film is not just the relationship between this family, though that is a very strong part of the movie. We have both the Logan family and we also have the Bang family. And they're working together and they support each other. And so that's a big theme of this movie is family. But another theme is also just, you know, pride in your own hometown country attitude. That's why, you know, they put so much emphasis on the fact they're living in West Virginia. Why the climax of the movie is the main character's daughter singing, Take Me Home, Country Roads. This is all about good old-fashioned country pride. I don't know if I can really relate to that since I've never lived out in the country, but I can definitely I appreciated the sentiment. And yeah. it was a darn good movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's all you can say. I don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot of good parts to this movie. Like, I really, I really feel it balances the serious and the comedy moments really well. Mm-hmm. And like, hmm, I don't know. Like, it's just very well executed movie, and like even even the whole heist plan in general is like actually well th- thought out. Like, oh, that heist plan is insane. Yeah, like it, you. Don't know where it's going for a lot of it, but it involves so many moving parts. Like they paint cockroaches so they can put them into the tubes to find out where the vaults are. And they make a bomb out of jelly beans and other things. And like, it's, it's like a homemade like explosive. Yeah. And it's so funny because, because how smart it is because the Daniel Craig's character, Joe Bang, it's like trying to explain it to Jimmy and Clyde, the brothers, and it, because they're indignant and they're like, what? How is that going to make an explosive? And he, just and he explains right. the chemistry behind the bomb making and it's so cool. And like when it fails the first time, like he takes the bag and he realizes, he looks at it and he sees that, oh, Oh, I understand why this, this didn't work now. I twisted it one too many times. So let me just fix that. And then he puts it through again and it works. And it's like, wow, scientific accuracy. This is a smart, complicated heist. <laughs> I look out at that one point. He's like, what? Do you think we were going to use like dynamite? No, <laughs> oh, no. This movie is way more interesting than that in terms of how it executes the plan. Because you think at first, like, the plan is as simple as, oh, okay, so they're going to take the, the, a lot of this money out, and they're just going to put it in this van. Well, I don't know what the term. Truck. Truck. Put it in this truck and just drive away with all these bags of cash. And then the main character, he, like, leaves the truck with the money. You're like, what? Why'd you do that? But... There's a reason for that. They did that just so no one would bother, like, really trying to track them down and crack them on the case. Because the main character knew that if he returned most of the money, that the insurance companies would give the, like, head-ups at the stadium NASCAR back a bunch of money as well. So they would not have incentive to track him down. Yeah. Like, really, really, it's like... Kind of a genius plan. It is a genius plan. Which is like, it's very much subverting your expectations, because it's... Right. Really, you're, you're thinking, when, oh, oh, it's a bunch of country folks, they aren't going to have, like, some super intelligent ideas, but no, it kind This film really subverts your expectations in thinking that, hey, these people are actually smart. They know what they're doing. Yes, I mean, the hiding of the reveals is so brilliant, because none of the characters are in on the real plan. 
Except for, you know, the brothers. Yeah, the brothers and the sister. And the sister. Yeah. Yeah, so really cool stuff with this heist plan. And you're like, there is a lot of tension because, oh man, are they going to be fine at any moment? But like, it goes pretty smoothly and it's like, it's really ingenious because he did all these stunts to trick even Joe Bang and his brothers. Like the, the chain being jammed and like him like sending all the Bang brothers out to like figure out what's wrong and then him leaving later to fix the problem himself. That was calculated so that the sister could come in and they she they could help like like get more of the money bags, the real money bags that they'll be stealing, and then hide those away to procure and take later. And it's like, wow. Yeah, it's just like really well thought out. It is. But it's also really satisfying because like all the characters involved, like, they get a happy ending except for the real assholes. Like yeah. everyone like the brothers use in this plan the bangs the uh, the prison inmates uh, even the people like the the bank teller that you know they sent the cake to just so you know, and like could, uh, and messed up her car and messed up her they messed up her car and you know they had the roaches like seek out where the Walt is drew like sending her a cake but sh- sh- they pay her back for you know all the damages and everything by sending, giving her an honest envelope of money so it's like wow you know that's really satisfying you know everyone gets out of this with a happy ending pretty much except for Seth MacFarlane's character that was Seth MacFarlane do you know who I'm referring to the guy who's like the soda pop guy right the asshole uh race racing manager guy yeah yeah that's the guy who's like trying to push like that soda yeah pop thing or I think it was an energy drink actually to his like race car driver who's trying to go on this, like, super, like, I don't know, it wasn't really vegan, but it was, like, this super clean diet. Mm-hmm. He was, like, like super, like, robotic diet where he's, like, treats all his food as, like, software. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so he gets into a fight with that guy because, well, it's not just cola, it's, like, had alcohol in it, and that caused the guy to crash, and that's why he was so mad at Tiffany falling. Why would they have him drink before... Racing, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Sigmund Fraun was not... Like, at first that. I thought it was just like, okay, his body's just been so used to his diet at this point that drinking that energy drink is like fucking up with his, fucking up his body. Maybe. But there's actual alcohol in it, that's just like unsafe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck that guy. He deserved that punch in the nose. Yeah. <laughs> So you didn't know it was Seth MacFarlane throughout the entire movie? No, because, like, he had, like, long hair and shit. Yeah, I mean, he was dolled up, but yeah. you could tell from his voice. Like, whenever Seth MacFarlane seems to be in a movie, he always plays the asshole. Like, the last movie I saw him in, which was Sing, you know, he was the asshole in that. Seth MacFarlane's in Sing? Yeah, he's in Sing. He's the, the mouse. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, but... I know, I know the voice seemed familiar, but I couldn't like, I don't know, I couldn't put my like tongue in it. I don't know. What did you think of his character? Because most people seem to think he's the weak link in the movie. Him? Yeah. I don't know. He like he appears. He mostly appears at the beginning and the end. Like yeah. it's not like he's a main character per mm-hmm. se. 
So I don't know. Like, it was fine. Like, it's not like some mind-blowing performance, because he's not there the entire time. Yeah, I enjoyed just how much of an asshole he was and that he got his just deserves. Like, I don't think he's trying to be, he's trying to go for some, like, super well-written asshole or anything. It's just like, yeah. he's an asshole. He's pretty much a cartoonish character, but yeah. that also stands apart in this movie when the rest of the characters are a lot more well-rounded. Yeah. So I can see him being kind of jarring in comparison. But I enjoyed him in the movie. I think that a lot of people just have a lot things against Seth MacFarlane, so they're inclined to dislike him. But, you know, anyone I who thought hates he was fam- fine in this movie. Almost anyone who hates Family Guy indirectly hates Seth MacFarlane, apparently. I mean, how can't you, considering he's three of the main characters? That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. But he's also two of the main characters of American Dad. Yeah, and that show is still great. Yes. But... Going back to this film, I enjoy heist films, so I really enjoyed the whole scene here and all the moving parts. And it was pretty insane because it involves a first it involves a prison break. And then it involves like stealing during the busiest day of the year uh, during a NASCAR racing event. A Coca Cola Derby or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it involves like like this sequence of jamming these, uh, like, manipulating these money tubes where all, like, the money is being flown into, like, the deposit area, and then rewiring it so they can suck it all out. Hmm. And then it involves, like, alerting the security systems to cause, like, a shut-in lockdown kind of situation. And then it becomes Orange is the New Black Season 5. Yeah. And they have amazing... Oh, God. The funniest scene in the movie. I mean, just because of the reference and just because of, like, how... It's... I don't know. It's, like... It's a pretty easy reference for, like, fans... For people in the know about Game of Thrones. So, like, Which apparently was not most of the audience because we were, like, the only ones. Yeah. No one else in the audience seemed to get it. I guess they don't... I guess I guess they either don't know that A Song of Fire and Ice is Game of Thrones. Yeah. Or they're just don't I'm sure they know what Game but of Thrones is. But they mention like Game of Thrones directly. So I don't know how they can uh, miss I don't that. know. They they might not get the inside jokes about J.R.R. Martin. But it was so good. Like the the <laughs> warden's like, okay, so we are going to meet your demands and add a dance with dragons to the bookshelf. And all the prisoners like, yeah But then the warden is like, but I'm afraid uh to tell you that the Winds of Winter and uh Dream of Spring that's the other one, right? I think well, so. Yeah, those are not uh, out yet, so we can't do anything about it. And the, the, the main prisoner is like, George R. R. Martin said he would deliver that book to the publisher in 2015. And <laughs> the warden's like, yes, I know he promised that, but he's had a, uh, tough promotion schedule, so he's, it's been delayed. And then the guy's like, no, 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 no. We've got two guys who have mentioned all the new shit with the hot chick and the dragons. And the warden's like, yes, uh, those 
guys are probably talking about the show. The show has overtaken the books, people. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Just the delivery in that line. And the fact that the prisoner is like, walks away with his hands up. With his hands up. Like, just so... You know, he's not hearing it. It's just so good. It's just so funny. <laughs> A really easy joke yeah. for nerds like us, but... But it was good. The normies don't get it, though. Apparently they didn't, no. <laughs> that was very strange. But, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. So if we were to compare this with Baby Driver, because they are similar films in the fact that, you know, heavy emphasis on cars... And another heavy emphasis on, like, you know, crime and, like, stealing from an establishment to reward the little guy. Hmm. Like, what what exactly are we comparing between the two? We're just comparing the two films because they are similar in that respect. Yeah, I mean, I guess the big thing, the big similarity here is it very much feels like... It's not really, like, they're both redemption stories. I feel Baby Driver is far more of a redemption story. Mm-hmm. But they're both about... Characters that you heavily sympathize with. Good people who are doing wrong for good reasons. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I find that like to be very interesting. Yeah. Like, Logan in this film was like, he wants to steal the money because he wants to be able to support his daughter and his family. But at the, at the same time, it's like, you never feel like, you never feel like disgusted by what he's doing. You kind of are rooting for him to succeed. And that, that's very similar to the main character, Baby Driver. Baby, yeah, that, that was his name, Baby, right? Yeah, yeah. obviously. <laughs> now that makes it straightforward, but yeah, ba- ba- Baby's like getting the money to repay his debt, because he wants to repay his debts, and also protect his like family, which is like that old man that he lives with. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, there, there's that very like clear comparison of like, I don't want to say redemption story, but I guess, yeah, sort of redemption story. Not really. I don't think it's a redemption story. I think it's like doing right by the people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that's better. Yeah. I, I feel Baby Driver's a redemption story, though. Not to an really. extent. He didn't do anything bad. I don't know, like... What did he have to redeem himself for? Because he, he was committing, like, crime his entire life. Well, that's because he was forced to. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, never, never mind. I'm spouting bullshit. Yes, you are. <laughs> That's okay. What did you think of, like, the third act and, like, the FBI agent and all that stuff? Like, the whole point of that, like, ostensibly was just the framing advice of, like, figuring out, okay, what was the real plan here? Why did Logan leave the money? Like, what is his real game here? And then, you know, know, eventually the FBI investigation is abandoned. But at the very last scene, we see the agent at the bar and she's saying, I think I'm going to stay a while. So it leaves off on that, like, ambiguous note. Like, what is she going to do? Is she, like, still investigating the Logans? Like, is she going to eventually, like, get close to them and bust them at some point? Because there's also that earlier conversation where the sister is talking with Daniel Craig. And she's like, I do, what do you, do you believe in, like, the Logan family court curse that we're unlucky? And Daniel Craig is like, eh, nah, nah, I think that curse has been broken. And so, you know, that's the ambiguous thing here. It's like, oh, are, are they actually a monkey after all? Are they going to get busted for the crime? Yeah. So what do you think about that? I mean, first about the FBI agent itself, I feel like it would have been better if they were introduced earlier in the movie. Yeah. Because I feel like they just randomly show up at the end. Yeah, I think that, you know, if the FBI agent, if she was like the old 
sweetheart instead of like that random nurse character that just yeah. shows up in one scene and then they give money to later and, and now she the wants guy. to bang Logan. Yeah, becomes uh, Logan's girlfriend at the end of the film. Like, maybe there had been a strong connection there. Yeah. I don't know. Like, ending-wise, I feel like, one, it's probably sequel bait. Maybe. <laughs> and, two, and two, like, uh, yeah, I think I think it's what you're saying. Like, it's trying to be ambiguous about, hey, maybe they're not, like, look after all. Maybe the curse is real. And stuff like that. But part of me also thinks that's sequel bait. Maybe. It doesn't sound like the film is grossing that great. It had a budget of $29 million, but it so far it hasn't even made back its budget, so I don't think it will get a sequel. Yeah, that's, that's a shame. Yeah, because this is like a really fun movie. Like, if you enjoy the Oceans films, then this is definitely a must-watch. In general, if you like heist movies, this is a really good one and probably one of the better ones this year. Yeah, for sure. I don't even know what to compare it to. I haven't really seen another heist movie this year. Was... Yeah, what was the last heist movie I saw? I don't know. And the last heist movie I saw was Ant-Man. <laughs> if you can even count that. I guess. Ant-Man's a heist movie, I feel like. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. Yeah. Was this your favorite movie titled Logan this year, Lord? Logan, like the... X-Men Logan film came out this year? Yeah, it did. That's the joke. For some reason, I feel like that came out last no, year. No, it came out this year. We saw oh. it in March of this year, Vila. Yeah, we did. Well, I mean, Logan is, like, right now, probably, like, my favorite film of the year. Really? Okay. It's, so. like, it's like amazing. So how close does this come? I don't know. It's a fun film. It might be top five right now for me. But I don't know. Well, Lo- Logan itself is just, like, amazing, and it can't beat that, so... Usurping Logan for me is going to be tough. Mm-hmm. But this film is really well made. It got has a great cast of characters, great performances, a really strong emotional heart, often very funny, really clever with how the heist turns out, even though it's like super complicated and involves like everything going just exactly right to work. But it's like, it just... You know, so exciting to see play out. And it makes you feel good when they succeed. And when you see everyone, like, happy at the end. So there's, like, a lot to love here. This is, like, really enjoyable. And one of the most fun movies I've seen all year. And I've seen a lot of fun movies this year. I don't know where I would rank it. I guess that's something we're going to have to find out when we get into the end of the year, I guess. Yeah. Even if it does even get my, into my top ten. But I definitely recommend it. This is definitely a movie that deserves to be seen by more people because apparently it is not being seen by enough. Surprisingly, it's getting really high like critic scores. Yeah, this is a very highly praised movie, but no one's going to see it. I might blame that on a Bad promotion? Did you see many trailers for this on other movies? I think I saw, I think I saw a trailer for it once. Yeah, the one yeah. time was during Baby Driver. That's the only time where Which I ever saw Which makes sense because they're both driver movies, but. It, it yeah. both, or at least involved driving. Yeah. You know, cars, racing cars as a backdrop. But yeah, I don't remember seeing a trailer for it since then. To be fair, like, I usually have been going to the bathroom during trailers. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just don't remember seeing it. Oh, that is such a shame. Such a shame. Uh, please see Logan Lucky, even if you can't see it on the big screen. Owe it to yourself to catch it on Netflix or on home video when you get the chance. Definitely one of the most underrated 
gems of this year so far. Yeah. But I think that'll do it for this episode of At Movies, talking about Baby Driver and Mulder Mucky. This was a really fun episode, and it had this fortuitous, uh, coincidental timing of seeing these two movies uh, in the same time frame. But honestly, we saw Baby Driver, like, weeks ago. Yeah, it's just that we don't release these episodes, like, close to the recording date. Right, but these these were a good, uh two movies to pair together for to release for an episode. So, where can the good people find you, Lord? Let's close out the show. Um, people can find me on Twitter at VLORDG2Z that is V-L-O-R-D-G-2Z and uh, yeah if you want to talk about JoJo Conan or whatever, just hit me up. Mm-hmm, and you can find me at Mamomayasha on Twitter and basically Mamomayasha everywhere that I will be. This includes Animation Revelation and my anime list. You can follow the show at Manga underscore Mavericks on Tumblr at MangaMavericks.tumblr.com and on our YouTube, just search for Manga Maverick. You can also follow All Comic the site on Twitter at, at All underscore Comic and of course the site itself, All-Comic.com. That's where these podcasts go up first. And, oh, again for the show, remember to, to uh, subscribe to us, not only on YouTube, but also on iTunes, because we, of course, upload these podcasts up on there as well. But that does it for this episode of Among America's Ad Movies. And now we're going to drive off into the sunset, racing towards West Virginia. Take my home, country road, I don't read the lyrics of the song. But it made for a great emotional climax <laughs> to the movie we just watched. Yep. Later.